welcome to Shades and Coffee, the almost weekly look good, feel good podcast presented by me, Vivian Braidwood. My guest today is a child of the 80s, a computer whiz kid and highly successful global entrepreneur. We explore the key to success and happiness in life, including the role and value of having mentors, diversity, curiosity and roots. Our worlds could not be further apart and yet I found there were so many similarities, so many shared experiences and so much to learn from one another. Please welcome Wim Remes. So the first thing I want to ask, your name. I've never heard the name before. The first name is actually pretty straightforward in the sense that it is derived from the French Guillaume, which is the the root for the English uh, William, and then the Dutch Willem, uh, which then is shortened to Wim. The last name I'm still not clear about. Some people say it's purely Belgian, but there are definitely not a lot of uh, Belgian uh, remesses. You see it often in the Nordic countries, and there are some in uh, Eastern Europe as well. But nobody within my family really did any like investigation into uh, family trees and stuff like that, so we really don't know where it comes from. And, and in terms of what you do for a living... Um... If you had to just describe it very succinctly, how, how would you put it? I help companies uh, make their, their computer systems more secure. I think I found out very early in my career that I would always be able to make a good living because technology would be around for 2040, at least as long as I would work. And that shifted my focus on finding challenges and having fun and trying to have an impact to a certain degree. Those three parameters are more important than the the paycheck at the end. I get to make the choices to challenge myself, at times not challenge myself when I want to be relaxed and and not pressured, Uh, but I can extend that pressure as far as I want uh, and I can focus on having as much fun as I want. And that basically allowed me to, to keep growing. Yeah, I like how you phrased that. I like that you said challenge or not challenge. I like that. I yeah. Rarely, yeah, people, especially in the business community, they <laughs> merely say not challenge. It's all about you know the fact that you know there's lots to be done and there's not enough hours in the day. Impact certainly, I think that's really important um, for many people. But the element of fun. I mean, how do you weave that in? So there's those three threads, isn't there? Challenge, impact, and fun. So how how do you weave in the element of fun into what you do? Just finding new things. So I think challenge and fun uh, goes goes hand in hand. I'm someone that rarely says, says no to, uh, to a new thing. Uh, I have a lot of uh, people that I work with uh, that like to stay within their expertise. And when it falls outside their narrow area of expertise, they will say no to a project. But if I feel um, that it will teach me something new, then that is al- already um, a certain level of fun. You know, like a puzzle, yes. something's a challenge. And in your mind, some people might see that and think, oh, you know, they see a mountain. It's like, oh, God, I've got to climb this mountain. Let me stay here in this valley, you know. But you see it yeah. like, like a puzzle. And a puzzle, puzzles are usually always fun, aren't they? Exactly. Cybersecurity in general is about puzzles all the time. If I get a new device or a new application that I have to test, then it's always a puzzle. You have to find all the pieces, put them together, see how it works, and then find ways how it shouldn't work. It still does. And the thing is, although, yes, technology will be with us forever, it might actually outlast us, <laughs> to be fair, which is a bit scary. Woo-hoo. You know, although you say that, 
that isn't why you went into it. It sounds as if you actually have a passion for it. Like you discovered that you were actually good at it early on, but you love it. You love what you do. Yes, <laughs> I think that's an understatement. Uh, but in the end, when I uh, when I started out, I was just a helpless guy, right? I was carrying computers around, putting them on desks. I was your standard IT support guy at any sizable office. But I came from a place where uh, I basically failed two times in higher education. Squarely on me. I mean, I, I was a guy that uh, chose to party instead of uh, actually study. Uh, so there's not like a big boogeyman that uh, made me feel. How do you fail twice at school? How does that happen? Um, that's a very good question. So the, <laughs> the first thing I tried at uh, university was uh, Sinology, uh, basically the study of uh, Chinese culture and language. And there I failed because I there were a lot of uh, like, Western courses as well. Uh, there was uh, philosophy, there was economy, law, uh, all those things. And I wasn't properly prepared in my earlier education. I basically fell through on those. And also because they didn't interest me at all. And then I did learn Chinese. From there, I moved to uh, business communications. That was my second uh, attempt. But there, uh, French came back. And somehow, me learning Chinese completely messed up my French to the point where I couldn't pass the tests anymore. And also probably because I wasn't interested at all. I, I was interested in business communications, and there, there is still stuff that I learned in that year that I, that I still use today. Uh, but it wasn't enough to keep, to keep me focused on the, on the study. And then it was 1997, and everybody was looking for people that knew uh, at least two things about computers, how to put them on and how to switch them off, and the rest is history. Yes, yes. And I know, I know what you mean about if you're not interested in something, it's, it's really, really hard to kind of follow through. So just out of interest, do you, do you speak Chinese? Do you speak Mandarin? Do you speak French? Just out of interest. Um, my, my French is really bad. Um, I luckily uh, have people that I, that I work with that can translate for me. Uh, and, and most of the customers speak in English anyway. Okay. Um, I understand a little bit of Chinese. It's been way too long since I uh, really spoke it. But I still listen to like Chinese music uh, and I can still make out most of, most of the words and the, and the meanings of the songs. So I do understand a little bit. And when I'm at a, at a Chinese restaurant uh, and the, the server curses at me, I understand what they're saying. What about when they curse at you, did you say? Yeah. <laughs> or do, you, do you let them know? Or do you just keep that to yourself? Uh, no, only towards the end. <laughs> I, I don't want them to spit in my food. Uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that, that's a good tip. Yeah, when someone is in control of your food, you better be nice. And what I found interesting, in, in addition to the, the failures at school, and this is a common story. I mean, you hear this a lot from from people who are very successful. And yeah, one way to look at it is that you failed at school. Another way to look at it is that school failed you. You know, but you actually go on to say that you also you, you were also a problem child. It was just not the sort of um, bio that I expected to read. And I thought, this is great that, you know, people can, can read this and, you know, hear this and know that, you know, if you're struggling at school because you're struggling and it could be just, you know, you just can't keep up or you're just not interested. That's another thing that I hear from people who've gone on to be very successful. You know, they have to be interested in whatever it is. Um, so I love your honesty around that, which is why I wanted to talk to you a bit more about that. I don't think problem child is the, um, the right word. 
I probably caused, uh, especially my mom, more stress than uh, was necessary at that time. Uh, but it's not like they had to come and get me at the police station or, or whatever, uh, or I got in a lot of trouble or I hurt people. It was just not making the right choices in the ideas that my parents had for me. Okay, so just not following the, the path that they had for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very, very early in school, I think uh, when I was like 12, uh, all my teachers was were like, Wim is one of the smart, smartest kids we've uh, ever worked with uh, and he's going to do very well. So the, there was a high expectation from the beginning uh, that based on the expectations that were uh, raised in um, my mom, my mother and my father, um, I didn't deliver on. Right. 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 So, into okay. So it's it's really about what they expected from you. You didn't deliver on that in yeah. terms of their expectations. And how and how is that relationship now? We're we're not the type of family that uh, like uh, constantly compliments them um, each other. Uh, but I think over uh, like the last uh, two three years, they've uh, at, at least repeated three times that they're uh, proud of where. Uh, where I am right now so oh that's nice yeah and and what I like is that you've actually um, talked a little bit about the what you feel is the key to your success so there seems to be some sort of I don't know if randomness is the right word but your, your compass seems to be your internal compass seems to be if you're interested in something and you're really passionate about something you kind of follow that you're quite committed and dedicated um, you're open to trying things different things you're a bit of a risk taker and you're not scared of failure I'm not sure someone like you would define failure in the same way that other people would define failure I always think failure are the steps that you take towards success so you said that there are a few things that turned out to be keys to your success. You named four things, mentors, people, curiosity, and roots. What does mentor mean to you? And when did that word or an understanding of what that was, when did that enter your life? And what was the impact of that? For me, a mentor is someone that is willing enough to sacrifice some uh, of their time for me, to share their wisdom, to, to give me guidance, for whatever purpose. I don't feel there is uh, like one single mentor that you can have for 10, 20, 30 years. And that's where I go deeper into the, like the mentee-mentor relationship because I think that is, uh, by many people, uh, there is a misconception about that relationship. Um, the, for me, the, the, the mentee always is in the lead. They have to ask the question questions, uh, and the mentor is not responsible to give answers. They should listen to the mentee and uh, provide pointers so that the mentee can find their own way. Someone that uh, just spills all their their knowledge and um, basically writes a book for you that you have to read and re- replicate is not a mentor. They're teaching teaching you a method that you can repeat. But repeating something is not necessarily growing. Or being able to repeat something is you, you learn something, but it doesn't mean you uh, grew as a, as a person, as a business person, um, per se. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that's the same premise um, for people who go into life coaching, business coaching, etc. They don't give you the answers. They, yeah. they never they never say that they give you the answers. They help you to find your own um, answers. And the other thing that you said that I thought was really interesting is that um, it, is, it isn't just one person. I think people assume that you have this one person, this one key mentor in your life. And sometimes a mentor can be someone that, you know, like ships passing in the night. They come into your life for a very brief period and they exit, but in that time, that connection and what you learn about yourself and how you take yourself forward is massive. So that, that's really good. And did, did you do you feel, sort of with hindsight, that you had mentors at an early stage in your life or that you were aware, that you recognised that you had mentors at an early stage in your life? Um, I probably didn't, didn't recognise it uh, at the time. Thinking back, I realised that there are certain people that acted as mentors for me but I don't think I, I recognized it as that when I had time with them. Yeah, yeah. But the value... Really weird. No, 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 it's not weird. I, the same for me. I look back and I think, wow, and I call them guardian angels. I see now what they did for me, you know, decades later. At the time, yeah. yes, at the time was I aware of that, I, hand on heart, no. Nobody can do everything alone. Like we all need people, um, we all need help. So, so mentors is one. And then you say people as well. So mm-hmm. how, how is that different from mentors? When you say people, what, what are you trying to describe there? People is about the network, right? And, and keeping that as uh, diverse as possible. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that I, that I know that keep their network uh, within a group of friends that shares the same, uh, the same values, the same profession, the same religion. And that's the, the bubble that they're comfortable in. If I look at my network, there are artists, there are sex workers, there are tech people, there are finance people, there are all kinds of different people from different backgrounds that I share at least a small touch point with. But the breadth of that network is what allows me to derive value from all those relationships uh, and bring that back to, to myself as a person and hopefully share some of that to, to other people across yeah. parts of it. Having been raised uh, in quite a sort of strict Catholic um, upbringing, I found that mm-hmm. I was very um, judgmental about different types of people. You talked about sex work. I still remember to this day the first sex worker that I made friends with and, and I made friends with them before knowing what they did and it messed with my mind how lovely and nice and, and genuine and um, trustworthy and hardworking with integrity. They're, they're, they're the realest people. I was battling it. I was, I was looking for reasons not to like this person because once I understood what they did. And to this day, this person is in my life. And you're right. And there are many lessons I've learned from, you know, I, de- I deliberately try to, same like you, just widen that network. I grow, but also they leave a piece of themselves with you, definitely. And I see that I leave a piece of myself with them. And, that, and that's nice. Is it because you're in technology that you can cast this net far and wide? Or do you find where you live that it's diverse there? I think it's definitely part of my upbringing. Where I grew up was not in the middle, but very close to a part of Antwerp where there were a lot of uh, North Africans uh, at the time. And my school was already uh, very diverse. Uh, But I think that I did my biggest extension in, in networking uh, when I was already uh, a few years in, into tech. But when, when we go back to, uh, to my first mentor, uh, he was a mentor when I was, uh, I think it was like 22, 23. 
Um, he was a refugee from what was still Burma uh, at the time. So my world has always been quite diverse from the from the beginning. Definitely in uh, in Antwerp, uh, there was quite a lot of racism at, at the time, and it's not something that I recognize as my background. It's not that uh, my parents held those beliefs and I had to uh, break out of them. We were always very open and let's call it exploring. We, we were always looking at different cultures, different uh, things. My, I, I remember my, my parents when they uh, got married. I wasn't there, uh, but in in our garden shed, there was this trunk cover from uh, a De Chevaux, which is a French uh, French car. Uh, and there was a map of Morocco on it. As a, as a honeymoon, my parents took a deux chevaux from Belgium to Morocco and then toured there, which at the time they, they got mar- married was quite adventurous. It's one of those things I've been quite passionate about, which is helping people expand their worlds. Travel is a big is a big part of that. I found everybody, no matter yeah. who they are, when I meet them, especially when I'm traveling and I meet other people who might come from cultures that are fairly closed off, but I find them... You know, I meet them in a different part of the world and we connect and we might not have connected had they been home, you know what I mean? And it's magical. And you see them like, you know, not just experiencing that, but expressing that. And you just think like you wish, you wish that people would just allow themselves to expand their lives, um, their world a bit more because the world is such a beautiful place when you do, you know. And talking of um, your parents and you talked about them sort of being adventurous I think the third thing you said was curiosity. I really like that, curiosity. as one of the keys to your success. Tell me a bit more about that. I've only recently started to call it curiosity. In a lot of businesses, uh, they are looking for people that are passionate, right? Uh, And passionate, uh, I've started to find out, is just a synonym for we want you to learn a lot, but we don't want to pay you for that time. I think the personal trait that makes the difference between a regular prof- professional and a, an excellent prof- professional is uh, curiosity. Being, being able to step out of your comfort zone and explore new things. That's, I think, a very uh, important trait. And especially in uh, what I do, uh, it's uh, constantly evolving. If you're not curious uh, and if you... Like if, if you're testing um, like a mobile application, an iOS application, uh, a, a mobile application, uh, and you run into the, the first roadblock and you carry on and you run into the uh, second roadblock and you give up, then you're not a good tester. You need to understand why that roadblock is there and how to get around it. And that takes that uh, curiosity and it fuels you to go into the late hours and probably work more than uh, you should but it also gives you a, a look back. Yeah, of course. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, well, joy. <laughs> yeah, and I can translate that into life. You know, I'm very, very curious about life, about people, about mm-hmm. all sorts. Yeah, yeah, and it, fuel, it fuels you. <laughs> it really does. And then the fourth thing you said yeah. is roots. That one I didn't fully understand. So explain to me roots in terms of the key to your success. Uh, I think it's just important to understand and recognize where you're coming from and not to get a, get a big head and, uh, and think now you're a completely different, different person than you were before. Always be reminded of the core person that, that, that you are. That, that's what I think is very important. A good example, and it's funny because it's uh, the same story that um, 
like a, a, I think it was a VP or even a CEO at Ernst & Young at an, at an event that I attended when I was working there. Uh, he told exactly the same story. At a certain point, I became a board member of, a, of an international organization. And for some reason, the board thought it was a good idea to uh, elect me as their uh, chairperson. <laughs> Which is awesome, right? You're That's currently, awesome. Uh, you're, 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 you're suddenly, no, I, I understand why they did it. <laughs> <laughs> I <was gonna> say. <laughs> no, so you're in that bubble uh, in, in Tampa at the, at the time, and everybody's like, Wim is the, is the new chair. And at a certain point, you start to believe you're like all that, and you're now the chair, and you have that. Um, I still have it here, by the way, the, my, my gavel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not even kidding. Women uh, and then I, that, <laughs> then, I, then I got on a plane uh, and flew home. And I, I get home and uh, I remember my, um, it was like a Saturday morning. My wife was in the kitchen. I get home and I'm like, I'm the chairperson. Uh, and my wife's like, oh, that's nice. It's also garbage day. And the... The difference between those two facts, you're, you're like all that in your professional life, and but you still have to carry the garbage bags to the, to the curb, because otherwise they don't go out and you're in a big mess. When people say roots as a key to success, I still haven't made the connection mentally. Like how, how can it hinder or accelerate your success? You can explain that bit to me. It's definitely not in the materialistic uh, parts. Like, definitely enjoy that uh, very expensive coffee. Uh, I love going to uh, Michelin star restaurants. That's not a problem at all. It's more about your personality. Uh, very early in my career, I told myself that I can learn from, from anyone. I can learn from a cleaning lady. I can learn from a CEO. I can learn from a VC investor. I can learn from, from an administrative uh, clerk. They can all teach me anything. And making sure that I stay that same person uh, that is open to, to input from, from anyone uh, and building relations with anyone, I think, is the, the, the most important part. It's, it's not about um, now I'm driving a, a, a nice car uh, and that makes me better than uh, anybody else. It's really about uh, your core personality. Right. OK. So being rooted in your identity. I think I understand that now. Probably one of the things uh, I was telling somebody else a few days ago as well is what we often fail to do as professionals, no matter what the profession is, is we like to celebrate big successes, right? That one project that took six months or even a year uh, to finish, suddenly it's finished and we'll celebrate that, uh, that success. But what, what do you do in the six months or the 12 months uh, before that? Is it like a big wasteland of no success? That's not the case, right? You have to celebrate and, and not be ashamed to celebrate uh, the small successes as well. Like when, when I write a small piece of code that uh, makes it easy for me to, to, to invoice, that seems like something really simple. But you can celebrate that just as, uh, as much as that big project that took 12 months. Just yeah. take time to celebrate those little successes they will they will fuel your fire for the for the big burst it's really cliche but when you're talking i'm thinking of that saying the longest journey starts but with a single step and it's true you know even you know the greatest journey is a series of single steps you know unless you're driving yep. <laughs> so, so so it's true and i know that um during these 
COVID times with the various um, disasters that have befallen people that are close to me, one of the phrases that I, I find myself saying often to them is just, you know, just sort of take it day by day, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. and, and if they make it through a day, they're just, they're, they're grateful. They got through today. They're not trying to sort of think beyond that. So I think, all right, I think that's a nice attitude to have. And I think most of us, yeah, we, we wait until we've reached whatever we perceive to be the end of that big success. And in the yeah. middle is this wasteland where we have missed out on the opportunity to celebrate what is actually a string no, of mini successes. Where we are expected to suffer. Because the grind, the grind has to be painful. The grind doesn't have to be painful. No, it can be, can, be, can be fun. It can be fun. It has to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. You know, it's always nice when people listen to people who, you know, have been extremely successful in life, clearly work hard, but you're also championing not working so hard when you don't need to. You, you have a family, you know, that you provide for, you juggle like everybody else. Um, and at the same time, you know, you're having fun with what, with what you do. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to me, Vivian Braidwood. Ask me any lifestyle related question or let me know which topic you'd like me to cover during our essential coffee break. Tag me and use the hashtag Shades and Coffee with Vivian on Twitter or Instagram. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe and please rate us. Shades and Coffee. Look good, feel good. Mm-hmm.